Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for February 12th, 2024. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. You know, typically... Typically, when I call for something to happen, I rant, I rave, I bitch, I moan because I feel like it's the right thing to do. Coming into this show tonight, WWE had one job to do. One job. That job was... Cody Rhodes, he needs to let us know why two weeks ago on Friday Night SmackDown, two weeks ago, why he gave up his WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship opportunity to The Rock, why he did that, that's all we needed. All we needed. Nobody understood it. The community revolted. We get to Las Vegas. It's Cody. It's The Rock. It's Rollins. It's Reigns. This big stare down. We get the family lineage. The Rock shows us the Anawaii family tree. Cody Rhodes comes out and calls bullshit. He then says he wants Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for the World Heavyweight Championship. And then Dwayne proceeds to slap Cody Rhodes right across the face. It was at that point where we knew a few things had changed going into WrestleMania. Got to reiterate for the people in the back who want to be geeks. No, it's not a work From day one, plans clearly changed. Clearly. It was supposed to be The Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. If WWE did not have the revolt that they had from the fans and on social media, and everybody embraced The Rock coming out and embraced The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in the days after that episode. We would not be sitting here right now with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns in the main event. Mark my words. Nothing would have changed. It was not a work. WWE is now working 
to create a fix, which they are very well on their way to doing. The Rock seemingly is transforming himself into a heel. We all thought he was going to come back as a babyface and go against Roman. The Rock is now Hollywood Rock, presumably, and he will be siding with Roman Reigns for now. WWE had one job to do. Coming out of that kickoff press conference. That was get into Monday Night Raw tonight and have Cody Rhodes explain why he gave up his WrestleMania main event two weeks ago on Friday Night SmackDown. Cody Rhodes did not give you an explanation. Seth Rollins gave you an explanation and doubled down on why Cody needs to finish his story. Seth Rollins, with a bum knee, even told Cody that he would be his shield in the fight against the bloodline. And he knows Roman better than anybody. And he told Cody that he feels he may have a large part in creating the monster in Roman Reigns that we see now. WWE did not send Cody out there to give us an explanation. Now, normally, I would rant, I would bitch, I would complain about why WWE didn't do the right thing. It was legitimately the only part of the story that needed an explanation. They made the change, which I appreciate and we appreciate. I appreciate The Rock for putting his ego aside and doing the right thing for business. But if you guys are new here, I'm sorry if this is coming off as entitled or if you think I'm complaining. But when we find logic gaps in creative, and when we find wrong in the creative aspect of things on WWE television or even AEW television, nobody is excused. I will call it out because it's wrong. Cody needed to explain himself. Using the excuse of, oh, well, WWE wants to sweep that episode under the rug. No. No. You aired a live television program at two hours on Fox 5 here in New York City or your Channel 5 Fox affiliate, wherever you may be. You saw it. You heard him. All because WWE is moving on with the change to make the story make sense. It's okay that they left out that important aspect? I don't think so. You had a show with two hours. We all saw it. We all heard it. We all felt it. We all questioned it. And then you did nothing to explain yourself. Oh, no, no, we'll sweep it under the rug. No. Oh, the Royal Rumble doesn't mean anything. I'm sorry, you want me to sit there and just proclaim the Royal Rumble doesn't mean anything because others say the Royal Rumble doesn't mean anything. Oh, they're giving you the storyline that you wanted. They're pushing forward, blah, 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 blah. Cody needed to explain himself, plain and simple. It's one little thing, one little minute detail. You couldn't go out there and have him explain himself. I don't like, as a fan, 
to create dialogue or to create a bridge from point A to point B when it's not my job to do so. It's not my job to creatively write for WWE. It's not my job to create this imaginary bridge to fill in the gap that WWE refuses to fill in. It's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. I guess the majority of the fan base, WWE tends to think that they won't question why. They're just excited about the slap. They're excited about the WrestleMania kickoff. They're excited about Cody getting his match. They're excited about Rollins. They're excited about Dwayne and Roman showing up on Friday night. I guess now they think that everybody got what they wanted that they don't need to go and further explain themselves. And I get it. WWE doesn't want to raise the question of why Cody did that because it would further exacerbate that WWE was wrong. And any smell, any stench that WWE might be wrong about something, they will run as fast as they can in the opposite direction. It's inexcusable. I don't give a shit if you're a simple-minded, feeble fucking idiot who doesn't care. Great. You don't care. I do. It's not going to bother me. I'm going to be excited one way or another about what I watch. I'm still excited about the match. I'm excited about Cody finishing his story. I'm, I'm excited about the story they're going to tell. I'm excited about the Bloodline story that could be after WrestleMania. But I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't call out the wrong on this show so you guys are aware of it. Now, I'm not going to make a big deal about it. I'm not. I'm giving you this initial monologue because I want you to know that they are wrong. Cody came out on Thursday night, and I guess Cody felt the rock, low-blowed him, bullshitted him, manipulated him, and drew him away from that title match because it was all about the rock and Roman's family. I guess we ought to fill in the gaps that Rock didn't care about Cody finishing his story that The Rock told Cody basically in so many words, fuck your story. Again, it's not my job, it's not your job to fill in the storyline gaps that WWE refuses to tell. Just throwing that out there. Now the promo that Seth Rollins cut, again, when Rollins is serious, when Rollins is super serious. He is a great fucking promo. He's a believable promo. He sounds like a goddamn leader. And tonight he said that Cody needs to finish his story because life after WWE, WrestleMania, life after WrestleMania in this company will be grim. Absolutely 100% true if Cody does not beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. It will be awful. 
He's going to show up less. We're going to have a champion that is non, I guess, absent, an absentee champion, non-existent. And you're going to have the bloodline running rampant over on Friday Night SmackDown doing whatever they want. And then he proceeded to apologize to Cody about the reason why you see Roman Reigns the way you see him today is partially my fault. I'm to blame for that. I taught him everything he knows. So if you need somebody to be your shield in this fight, using the word shield as a throwback to when Roman and Rollins were in the shield wearing tactical vests, got a little pop out of the crowd. He says he will be by his side all the way through WrestleMania season. Does it feel like to you that WWE is now with this narrative? We got this movie-like trailer that WWE released this past weekend. We got the slap heard around the world. Is WWE giving us a tag team match at some point between Rollins, Cody, Dwayne and Roman. I don't know. I don't really know what they're doing. Because it looks like to me that WWE might be potentially setting up all of these guys, minus The Rock, wrestling twice on the weekend of WrestleMania. I don't know. I mean, is that the right thing to do here? You're really running the risk of injury at that point. Having Cody wrestle more than once when the match that we got, the match that we wanted, we're getting. Cody wrestling twice, Roman wrestling twice. And Seth Rollins with a knee injury that he's still recovering from. That's got another four weeks to go. He's going to be wrestling twice WrestleMania weekend. I don't know how sound of an idea that is. But it certainly looks like WWE may be setting up those three men wrestling twice WrestleMania weekend to get The Rock involved because it's been reported that The Rock is 100% going to be wrestling at WrestleMania this year. Then you run the risk of who loses. You know, the fans are stupid. That's why people like me exist here. The fans are stupid. Why would you do that tag team match when none of those men can take a pinfall loss on that weekend? Seth Rollins is going to be defending the World Heavyweight Championship against the winner of the Elimination Chamber. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. 
Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, there's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script50 and use code script50 to get 50% off. That's code script50 at factormeals.com slash script50 to get 50% off. If he wrestles on night one and then defends the title on night two, why would he be in that match taking a loss? Cody. Unless you want to tell the story of Cody over, overcoming adversity going into night two. I mean, out of all those guys, he's the odd man out. Because he ain't Dwayne. He doesn't hold Roman's championships. He doesn't hold Seth's title. He doesn't hold any title. Does WWE do that match, running the risk of Cody losing, going into night two to overcome even more adversity over the bloodline? But in a realistic sense, Cody shouldn't be losing before he wrestles Roman Reigns either. Roman ain't losing. And Dwayne, I don't think Dwayne is going to lose his first match back in over a decade. People want to see this match. People want this tag team match to happen. They think this tag team match is going to be born out of this trailer that WWE put out and the closing sequence of the kickoff press conference last Thursday in Las Vegas. Where does this match make sense on any show, period, before WrestleMania? It doesn't. Why are we even bothering with possibly putting this tag team match together? I could tell you right now that Rollins should not be wrestling two nights at all at WrestleMania. Just knowing that he's recovering from a fucking knee injury. Why run the risk? I don't get it. But that's what people are talking about. The only time you should be seeing Cody is when he beats Roman Reigns. The only time you should be seeing Roman is when he's losing to Cody Rhodes. The only time you should see The Rock is when he's out there watching his cousin lose. And the only time you should be seeing Seth Rollins is when he drops the title to Drew McIntyre. That's it. There's such a thing as too much. Overkill. Not needed. But I'm not WWE creative. And if Dwayne wants to wrestle at WrestleMania, then he's going to wrestle at WrestleMania. And no, Triple H is not wrestling at WrestleMania 40. Stop. Don't ask me. Don't insinuate. Don't ponder. Triple H is not wrestling at WrestleMania. He is finished. His career is over. 
So maybe we talk about Triple H hiring somebody to wrestle on his behalf against The Rock at WrestleMania. Who could that be? I don't know. I don't know. Could be LA Knight. Could be Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've seen people throw these names around in the community. Could be Randy Orton for all we fucking know. Randy Orton doesn't have a solid path to WrestleMania. What are you doing with Randy Orton at WrestleMania? If The Rock really wants to wrestle at WrestleMania 40, it doesn't need to be an A-tag team match that is just going to get somebody injured. Maybe Randy Orton versus The Rock is on the table for WrestleMania. I don't know. Randy Orton wants to get at the bloodline anyway. It would make sense. Him and Triple H have a history. It would make sense. Now I'm just diving into the pool of fantasy booking. We still don't know where WWE is going with any of this. But it looks like Rollins and Cody are going to be a duo going into WrestleMania weekend. What that means, I don't know. Will he be there to thwart off the bloodline? Knowing that Solo and Jimmy and now The Rock may be there backing Roman up at any given moment. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I will say once again, WWE dropped the ball on giving us the explanation that we deserved because of their sheer stupidity as to why Cody Rhodes gave up his WrestleMania main event spot to Dwayne when he won the Royal Rumble, only to then take it back and say, no, I want Roman legitimately a week after he said, not at WrestleMania. Inexcusable. Also tonight, We'll talk about the Elimination Chamber matches. We got LA Knight versus Ivar. Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed. I thought WWE was going to give us a little bit of intrigue going into these Chamber qualifying matches. They did not give us any intrigue at all. They went uh, pretty basic, pretty predictable tonight with the Elimination Chamber build. It's shaping up to be one hell of a show, though. One hell of a show. And then Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn wrestled Shinsuke Nakamura in a throwback to their NXT match, which was Shinsuke Nakamura's WWE debut at NXT TakeOver Dallas. Man, oh man, oh man. What a match that was. Sami Zayn on his own road to try to win a championship at WrestleMania, or at least get on WrestleMania. But he wants to win a championship. He wants to be a champion because he believes in himself. But he's got to prove it. Drew McIntyre basically said, fuck your story as well. Mr. DM Hunk doesn't want anybody near that world championship except himself. Guys, thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast. We are going to go over the rest of the show tonight. You guys are awesome. We got 3,000 in the venue tonight. You know what I'm missing? I got my iPad. (laughs) Where's my iPad? I don't got my fucking iPad. Holy shit. Follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206. 
X, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. We got more coming tomorrow. I am uh, probably going to be home all day tomorrow because us here in New York are uh, getting 10 inches of snow tomorrow. It's great. So I'll be doing shoveling, I'm sure, when I wake up first thing in the morning. But after that, we're going to get some content out for you guys. We got some news coming tomorrow. Drew and I will be live tomorrow night with Tuesday Night Titans. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up as well. We got 641 likes. Let's try and get over a 1,000. And Super Chat, you guys have already killed it tonight. My goodness. You guys are unbelievable, man. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go and get your free sample. Because my mind is all over the place. Give me one second, guys. I got to go get my iPad in my back room. Hold on one second. Can't run the show without my iPad, man. Yeah, I know. Gotta love Florida. Gotta love Florida. I know. Gosh, Jesus fucking Christ. You, you ain't telling me nothing I don't know already. Holy shit. Let's get to these Super Chats, man. You guys have killed it tonight. Alex Smith with a 99-99 Super Chat. He says, is it me or was Seth saying that he was sick of arrogant people throwing their weight around, making decisions and getting away with it? A slight dig at Vince McMahon. I don't know if that's a dig at Vince McMahon, Alex. Vince is not there anymore. And I do think that's the rock he is talking about because Dwayne is now a board member He takes a seat on the board of directors and he hasn't been in a wrestling ring for over 10 years. And Seth Rollins is talking about him. There's nothing to do with Vince McMahon. And then. Even before the show started, we got. A major bomb from Wednesday, Adams, with a $500 super chat. Well, guys, that's me packed up my holiday suitcase because I'm going to Dubai for one month with my boyfriend tomorrow on a first-class flight. I should be back before WrestleMania, I want to say, from the bottom of my black heart. I love you guys in the OTS family, and I love you too, JD. Take care, everyone. Keep OTS alive, man. That needs another round of applause right there. (laughs) 
$500 super chat. You guys absolutely killed it before we even got into the venue tonight. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much for all your love and support. Monday Night Raw started off very unusual. Normally we get a promo. Normally we get something to set up the rest of the show. No. Monday Night Raw tonight started hot with a six-man tag team match with Imperium. This is Ludwig Kaiser, Giovanni Vinci, and the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther, against Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods of the New Day and their partner, Jay Uso. This was good stuff. This was good stuff. This was basically WWE setting the table for Jay to challenge Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, we didn't know where and when this match was going to take place. A lot of people would love to see it at the Elimination Chamber. I don't know if it's going to happen at the Chamber. WWE announced this match to take place next week on Monday Night Raw. Jey Uso will be challenging Gunther for the Intercontinental title next week on Monday Night Raw. Now, I don't know if Gunther is allowed to go to the country. People have told me off and on that he's got visa issues and he won't be able to travel overseas. Maybe WWE took care of that. The last we heard of that was back late in 2023. We don't know. But Jey Uso's getting a shot, and that's what this match was going to set up, that IC title match between Jey Uso and Gunther. So the whole thing here was basically Gunther avoiding getting physical with Jey Uso, but that didn't really last all that long. And as soon as Imperium got Jey to a point where he was defenseless, that's when Gunther, the typical heel, comes in and takes advantage of the babyface. So, Jay tagged out. We go to commercial break, and Imperium's in control. Jay tagged out after a break, and the New Day come in, and they run wild on Vinci until a distraction allowed Kaiser to drive Kingston into the ring steps. Gunther put Kingston in a Boston Crab. So, Jay... He's on the apron, and Gunther's talking shit to him, calling him oos, and kind of gloating him to come on in, right? So Jay gets in, and Jay steps in between the ropes and slaps the shit out of Gunther while he had this Boston Crab applied on Kofi Kingston. So we get the referee to separate them. We go to another commercial break. This match went almost 20 minutes, so we had two commercial breaks in this thing. So after the break, Jay makes the hot tag, hit Vinci with some strikes. Crowd was chanting yeet after every strike. Gunther looked on from the apron, very upset. Jay handed out some running hip attacks in in the corner and then some super kicks to Kaiser and Vinci. Gunther! Finally, did tag in, and he gave Jay a massive chop. Jay comes back with an enziguri, flying crossbody for two. Jay tried a spear, but Gunther blocked it and chopped him before also knocking New Day off the apron. Gunther hit Jay 
with a huge clothesline for a near fall. Turn them inside out. Gunther then mocked Jay's pose, which is always great, and tried to splash off the ropes, but Jay got his knees up. Jay speared Gunther. He went for the cover. Kaiser broke that up. Vinci tagged in, but the New Day and Jay laid him out with the 3D. New Day wiped out Kaiser with dives, while Jay hit Vinci with an Uso splash. And that was basically it. Uso wins over Vinci, one, two, three. And Jay Uso gets the win. He's getting the title match next week against Gunther for the Intercontinental title. And that's basically what this match set out to do. Because Imperium have beat up both Xavier and Kofi. Kofi lost to Gunther. Xavier Woods is not going to fare any better than Kofi. So why even bother? So now Jay Uso is getting a shot at the title. I would have loved to see this take place at the pay-per-view. Now, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if we're going to get this match. It's going to lead to some sort of interference. And then maybe we get the match at the Elimination Chamber. I don't want to see this take place at WrestleMania. I don't. I think that would be way too long for WWE to build this up. I don't know where else the story could realistically go. With Gunther and Jey Uso. Maybe we get this match next week. Some sort of interference. And then maybe we get it at the chamber. Depending on if Gunther can travel overseas. We don't know. Like I said. I would assume something like that. Would be taken care of pretty quickly. Knowing that Ari Emanuel. Is in charge of Endeavor. And we get that taken care of. So that they could have. Right now in my honest opinion. Their greatest champion on the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in front of 50,000 people. Just makes sense. I don't know where Jimmy Uso fits into this. You know, we talk about interference. We could see Jimmy Uso interfere in his match next week against Gunther, Jay's match, that is. And this match could realistically be the start of the build between Jimmy and Jay Uso. Are we even getting that match at WrestleMania? And if we do, do you care about it? Do you even want to see it? I know I don't. I know I don't. I would rather Chad Gable right now and that story finish at WrestleMania instead of the Jay Uso spot. That's just me. But if Jay ends up beating Gunther, I'm not going to sit here and, and complain too much about it. I love Jay Uso. I think Jay Uso's great. I mean, it would solidify him as a fucking top dog, no doubt about it, if he beat Gunther. I, as a fan, I'm just very protective over what they've done with Gunther. I'm very protective over who gets that spot. I'm very protective over who beats him. I pitched Sami Zayn. I would love to see it. If it happens, I'm not going to complain. But I think Sami Zayn... And him beating somebody like Gunther should wait until Sami Zayn is chasing the world championship. That's what I think. Maybe too soon to do that match. Might be jumping the gun. Even though Sami Zayn versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship and Sami Zayn winning his singles title, I think that calls for a great WrestleMania moment. But next week, we're getting this match. Jey Uso, Gunther, IC title, 
Gunther's not losing next week. I'm pretty confident in that. He's not dropping the title on a fucking random Raw from Anaheim, California. Maybe we get Jimmy Uso to interfere in that match. Maybe. Which would then start the build for Jimmy and Jay Uso at WrestleMania. I don't know. This was a decent match. I do like when Monday Night Raw opens up with hot action. I do. Go right from the intro into a hot opening match. Boom. Throws it off. Throws off that very formulaic WWE start to a show. So good on them. 20 minutes, six-man tag. Love all these guys involved. And that's basically what we got. We got a video package recapping the WrestleMania press conference. WWE is going to continue to jam that down your throat. They are touting the social media poll of that and all the numbers that that press conference did. So good on them. Andrade. Andrade finally got a vignette. And Andrade talked about having his first match at the age of 13. He then talked about coming to WWE and he talked about championships. He documented that he won the NXT championship. He told everybody he won the United States Championship. So three years ago, he needed to elevate himself to remember who he was. So he went to AEW to find himself. He didn't really say that in the vignette, but that's where he went. Just in case you guys are wondering where Andrade went for all that time. He went to AEW to try and reinvent himself. Tony Khan dropped the ball, didn't really do much with Andrade. He let his contract run out, and now he's back in WWE. He then goes on to say, three years ago, he needed to elevate and remember who he was. He said, now he knows and his direction is clear. So clearly he's coming to Monday Night Raw. Clearly. What he's doing on Monday Night Raw, who he's feuding with on Monday Night Raw, I don't know. Sounds like Andrade's right back in the, what is he doing boat? Where do you put him? Who does he feud with? Does he go after Gunther in the IC title? I don't know. Very curious to see where they put Andrade on Monday Night Raw. Bobby Lashley, SmackDown guy. He went one-on-one with Bronson Reed. This was a qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber. Now, I did say on Friday night, if you guys watched on Friday night, We had a big Friday night stream for SmackDown like we usually do. SmackDown talent is on Raw competing for the right to wrestle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania and the World Heavyweight Championship. I'm okay with that. And the reason why I'm okay with that, normally I would complain about something like this. Normally I would vent my frustration with something like this. Normally I would be, well, where's the brand split? Why are we not adhering to keeping the brands separated. You got to look at it from a couple of different angles. One, Seth Rollins has been buried over the last few weeks. They've made him look so inferior to Roman Reigns that putting this championship on the line at WrestleMania against all challengers, not just on Raw, but on SmackDown as well, gives the championship that vibe of, Everybody wants it. Rollins beat AJ Styles for it last year at Night of Champions. 
So that was a interpromotional tournament to crown the first ever World Heavyweight Champion. So why not have that happen again here as he defends the title against anybody? It doesn't matter what brand it's on. Secondly, WWE conducted an elimination chamber with just Raw stars. They are really cutting themselves short. That elimination chamber would be very, very thin. So why not add some star power to it? Same thing goes for the ladies. If Rhea Ripley was to have an opponent named for her at WrestleMania via the Elimination Chamber, what are we going to do? Use Monday Night Raw talent only? Or are we going to dip into that SmackDown pool and get them involved as well? Yes, because I'm sure Maxine Dupree would be fucking a great fit for the Elimination Chamber. I don't think anybody's really drooling at the fucking mouth for Indy Hartwell to get into the Elimination Chamber. WWE did the right thing. And they can't give us an explanation for anything else, but they did try and give us an explanation for this. They said in the light of Triple H and him taking his stance on that's who the decisions go through, Adam Pearce and Nick Aldis, though they butted heads, Our management team is a united front. We will do what is best for business. Can't really sit here and tell you that they didn't explain why, but they did. So I have no problem with Bobby Lashley wrestling on Raw. I have no problem with Drew McIntyre wrestling on SmackDown. I have no problem with LA Knight wrestling. On Raw, I don't. If you guys have a problem with that, I mean, I think those aspects should clear things up for the reasons why this needed to happen. Now, I thought Bronson Reed was going to win this. I thought Bronson Reed was going to Australia. He's from the country. He was going to go to Australia, and he was going to wrestle inside the Elimination Chamber. I thought that WWE would give us a little dash of unpredictability. Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits have been feuding with Karrion Cross and AOP. They are called the Final Testament. Now, seeing that SmackDown performers are on Raw, I would have thought that maybe we would have seen an appearance tonight from Karrion Cross. We did not. We did not. This match ended clean as a whistle. And Bronson Reed is not going to the Elimination Chamber. Bobby Lashley qualified and he advances to the Elimination Chamber and he is going to be a part of that World Heavyweight title number one contender match. So we go to a commercial break right away. We come back from the break. Lashley fought back. Hit a big vertical suplex on Bronson Reed, which is not an easy thing to do. He goes for cover, he gets a two count. Reed hits a beautiful looking Death Valley driver on Bobby Lashley. And Lashley comes back and hits a spine buster. Reed blocked the spear, hit a Uranage and a Senton. The Uranage was a little sloppy. He went up for the tsunami splash. But Bobby Lashley brought him down with a big overhead press slam. And after the press slam, he hit the big spear 
One, two, three, and Bobby Lashley advances to the Elimination Chamber. Now, Bobby Lashley's a fan favorite. Bobby Lashley has made a promise that he wants to win championship gold back in WWE once again. But everybody thought the same thing that I did, that Bronson Reed was going to advance and wrestle in Australia. I don't know what the creative decision was here as to why he's not going. Some people told me on social media it's one of two things. There was a death in his family and he's going to get time off. And the other thing that I've seen floating around is that his wife, any day now, is about to give birth. So he's going to be getting time off in regards to that anyway. So Bronson Reed may not be going to the Elimination Chamber because of some in-real-life situations that are taking place. And if that's the case, fine. I feel bad for him, but congratulations if his wife is about to give birth. I know how important that was for him to wrestle in front of his family and his home country. And it would have been great to see him in the chamber. I think someone like Bronson Reed would have done wonders inside the chamber. He would have done damage in the chamber. It would have been a great match with him. Something different. Bobby Lashley, we always see Lashley in these types of spots. It's tiresome. Not to take anything away from Lashley, but he's not the most exciting performer in the company anymore. I would have much rather seen somebody like Bronson Reed in that. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a star-studded match. Bobby Lashley beats Bronson Reed. I thought they were going to go one way instead of what they did tonight. And Lashley gets the victory with a spear over Bronson Reed. There was a great segment tonight with Sami Zayn once again. Inside the empty arena. And he was interviewed by Jackie Redmond. He was sitting in the arena. Nobody there. Quiet. Just collecting his thoughts. She asked how shaken his confidence is. Coming up short last week to qualify for the chamber. He said anytime an athlete talks about doing something and fails, there's a feeling of embarrassment and a part of you that wants to crawl into bed and not show up to work the next week. He said that feeling with him is always overtaken by an unwavering belief in himself. He talked about being in the ring with Cody one year ago on last year's road to WrestleMania, saying he believed in himself and carried him to the main event of WrestleMania. He says his path won't be easy this year, but he's willing to do what it takes. All of a sudden, we see Shinsuke Nakamura interrupt Sami Zayn's interview in the empty arena as he shows up on the big screen. They got different angles of him on the big screen, on the little screen, hanging from the ceiling. All these different angles of Nakamura and Sami Zayn looking up at all of them. Nakamura interrupted and said, he's acting like he's in misery and he wants sympathy. Sad. He said he won't tolerate it. He said he will pick up his soul and continue his war path forward. Sammy was not pleased that Nakamura interrupted him. I love that. I thought this was great. Awesome stuff. That was the main event later tonight. Cody Rhodes. This was the moment that we all waited for tonight. Cody Rhodes. Finally addressing the slap heard round the world 
and the Las Vegas kickoff press conference that WWE held to hype up WrestleMania last Thursday. So Cody makes his entrance. He gives the crowd the big woes twice. Music stops. Crowd endearing Cody with lots of love. What do we want to talk about? He says they could talk about how he'll be challenging Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania. Fans obviously cheered. He said it took him a while to be able to say it. And the only reason he's able to say that he's going to the main event of WrestleMania is because of you guys. And he points to the crowd. It shouldn't be that way, Mr. Rhodes. You won the Royal Rumble. You earned the right to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. You were given the opportunity and you earned the right to do whatever you wanted on the road to WrestleMania. This is why in the beginning of this show, I stated how important it was for WWE to explain why he gave up his WrestleMania spot to Dwayne two weeks ago on Friday Night SmackDown. Not only did you make Cody look like a dummy, you made the Royal Rumble look insignificant. Cody Rhodes should not be given a title match that he does not desire. He chose Roman twice before that promo, and then they took it away from him and gave him a title match with Seth Rollins that he did not want. Sorry, you're going to need an explanation. He said they certainly made their voices heard with a full week of it trending worldwide and spreading the word. And that word was, and it was at that point where the crowd chanted in unison, we want Cody. He says he doesn't know how he could ever repay us. Maybe there's one way. He said they are all making him emotional. He says he's passionate about the WWE and his legacy, and his place in it. He says he's a cancer, astrologically speaking. Not a legit cancer. Astrology-wise, he's a cancer, and he wears his heart on his sleeve. But he doesn't want to get emotional because then he might be dot, 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 a crybaby. Fans booed and then started to chant, Rocky sucks. He talked about The Rock being one of the most famous people in the world. And he said he coined the term Cody Crybabies. They aired a clip of The Rock on the Pat McAfee show. And the fans booed as they aired the clip of The Rock insulting fans who cheer Cody. We saw the clip where The Rock was talking about the Cody Crybabies eating one chicken nugget. Stick it up your ass. Blah, blah, blah. The Rock says, know your role. And shut your bitch asses up. Cole told McAfee on commentary, it's all your fault. Cody said promos are different than the last time The Rock was here. And very few can fathom matching The Rock on the microphone. But what are we expected to do with the Nuggets? Cody was confused about why The Rock was telling him to do certain things with the Chicken Nuggets. He then looked at Pat McAfee, and then he asked Pat, Pat, what are we supposed to do with these nuggets? And Pat McAfee, under his breath, said, 
Well, well, Cody, I, I think I think he said to shove them up your ass. Cody said, all of them at one point have been fans of The Rock. Might not be fans of him now, but at one point in your life, you were a fan of The Rock. He paused. Fans booed. He said, one thing Rock doesn't do well is listen. Now, logically speaking, if the fans didn't voice their opinions, I don't think Dwayne would have listened. I think we, as a community, bruised Dwayne's ego. I do. I don't think Dwayne was going to listen. And if that hashtag did not go viral and the YouTube video wasn't downvoted almost 700,000 times and all of the booze for Cody and Rock and that segment, I don't think we would have gotten the change that we see now. So yeah, maybe Dwayne didn't listen and Dwayne let his ego take over and ride him into WrestleMania, but I got to give The Rock credit because he did listen. And I got to give Triple H credit because he, along with the writing team and who he trusts most on his team, sat with Rock, came up with the new game plan, came up with a plan B, and like men... They made the change necessary to take this thing into WrestleMania. So yeah, Rock might not have listened, but did ultimately listen in the end. And now things seem a lot more interesting and a lot more exciting than they were originally planned. So I got to give everybody their flowers for this change in creative. So he goes on to say he didn't say anything at all to Rock to disrespect his ancestors at the kickoff, but he slapped him in the face anyway. Cody said he recognized that look in the Rock's eyes was no longer the people's energy. It was mal... What was it? What did he say it was? Malevolence? He said it was anger and malevolence. He said it was evil. He said, Rock and Roman Reigns together is the perfect storm. He said, Rock put his hands on him and slapped him across the face. And what that means is, I'm going to hit you back, is what Cody said. All of a sudden, we get Seth Rollins coming out. And we get the Seth Rollins long-winded intro. And the fans are singing his song. And he finally makes his way to the ring. Cody thanks Seth, and after the fans died down and the music stops, he thanked Seth Rollins for coming to his aid at the press conference. Seth Rollins told Cody, you're welcome. Seth said as much as he was looking forward to defending the World's Heavyweight title against him at WrestleMania, he understands his decision and why he picked Roman and why he needs that title. You need to finish your story, right? He said, now that decision has been made and he wants to make it clear to him that Cody needs to finish his story for himself, for his dad, and for the fans. He says, if he doesn't beat Reigns and take the undisputed title from him, the landscape on the other side of WrestleMania 
is going to be very, very dark. And he's right. It is going to be a dark day for WWE. Roman cannot leave Philadelphia with the championship. Cody cannot lose two WrestleManias in a row. Not if he is the guy. He needs to finish that story this April. You cannot take this past WrestleMania. It needs to end in Philly. Roman Reigns carrying that championship not only devalues Cody, but it also harms SmackDown in the process. SmackDown cannot go another four months for Roman Reigns to break Hulk Hogan's third place record. Roman Reigns cannot hold that title on SmackDown for another four months, for another summer, and have the show be the very best that it could be. You're actively harming SmackDown if Reigns leaves WrestleMania with the WWE World Heavyweight title. Seriously. Cody needs that title, and he needs to end Roman. What did I tell you on Friday? If you guys watch my stream on Friday, Rock wants to call himself the long gamer. I think we're going to get a long game. Everybody was like, oh yeah, the Rock and Roman's going to be a long game. We're going to get multiple matches spread across 2024. Why do we need multiple matches? Why do we need multiple matches for Rock and Roman? We only need one match. That's it. I don't want this to turn into a Rock and John Cena debacle. I don't. It's not necessary and we don't need it. Cody beats Roman. Rock and Roman are joined at the hip to lead the bloodline. How you want to take it after that, I don't know. Do we get Cody, Seth, and a few others joining forces to battle the bloodline? Or is the long game going to be, and I said this on Friday, is the long game going to be Roman Reigns and The Rock ending the bloodline, splitting the bloodline into two? Who's going to side with Roman? Who's going to side with Rock? The long game is how do we get Roman to be the biggest baby face in the WWE? What did I used to say? They always do it for Roman. Always. Where Vince failed at getting Roman to be the baby face that he wanted, that he thought we wanted, The Rock and Roman in 2024, The Rock playing Hollywood Rock, a heel. The long game is getting Roman to be the biggest babyface in the WWE that will result in a match between the two at WrestleMania 41 where Rock will put over Roman. And Roman will be the true high chief. That's the way I see it. The fuck do you need a world title for? What do you need a world title for? At that point, WWE will have done its job. The Rock will have done his job. He could go take his seat back on the board of directors and do what he's got to do to lead the company. 
Leave Triple H to run creative. How we get there, I don't know. It may be born out of the WrestleMania main event. Rock may disown Roman for losing the championship to Cody. I don't know. We, we still genuinely don't know where this is all going. For all we know, Cody and Rock could have a match at WrestleMania. For all we fucking know. We don't know. We don't know if Cody's got to go through Rock to get to Roman. We don't know if this tag team match is happening where Cody and Rollins have to win so that Cody gets his title match. We don't know. But that's the beauty of it. It will be a very, very dark WWE. He said, Reigns, if he beats Cody, will get more leverage and show up less. The brass rings get higher and the glass ceiling gets thicker. This probably is the real last chance either of us have to take that title and give it back to the people. This is all a shoot. All a shoot. He said he might be the man for the job, but he asked what his plan is. He said last year he got screwed out of the title in the main event of WrestleMania because Paul Heyman, the Usos, Solo Sokoa were there and he couldn't get the job done. He said he fought his way back and won the Royal Rumble again. He said the deck is stacked against him this time just the same. But now the bar has been raised. He says he's not dealing with just Heyman, Solo, and Jimmy and Roman Now you got The Rock involved. Cody nodded, got a loud Rocky sucks chant. Seth said he tends to agree with the fans that Rocky sucks. So he came out there to tell Cody that he doesn't have to fight this battle alone. He said they always haven't seen eye to eye, but he feels what he has been saying. He said that's why at the press conference, He stepped up after Rock put his hands on Cody. He says he's sick and tired of people like Rock and Reigns. These arrogant pricks thinking they can do whatever they want and always get away with it. He said he has to admit something now to Cody. Said the man Reigns has become as partly his fault. Said nearly 12 years ago, they came down the stairs wearing tactical vests and thought, you know, at that point, they were on top of the world. And, and basically, Rollins said he taught him everything he knew. He taught Reigns everything he knows. Says he couldn't have imagined the monster he's become now. And now that monster has two heads. He said he's standing alongside the only man as entitled and as selfish as he is. He said when it comes to fighting the bloodline and the rock and Reigns... There's only one man on earth who is uniquely suited to be his shield. Cody smiled at the shield reference. Seth dropped the mic and mouthed. You could read his lips. Think about it. Seth left the ring and Michael Cole asked, what will Cody Rhodes do? Pat McAfee said, he's going to need it. I thought Rollins was fantastic here. I thought Rollins' promo, it was different. It felt different. He took a different path than what he previously stated. Doubling down on the importance of why Roman Reigns cannot leave WrestleMania with the WWE Universal Heavyweight title. Perfect. 
What he said was perfect. The only thing I did not like about this and the only problem with this is why Cody did not explain to us, to Rollins, and to everybody why he told Roman, I am going to take everything from you, but not at WrestleMania. All because he changed his mind and said he wants Roman at the press conference at WrestleMania doesn't excuse the fact that he said what he said. There was no explanation given to us, and that is wrong. That is the only problem with this segment, which was otherwise fantastic. I don't know where they go. I don't. WWE seemingly teasing a fucking tag team match. We got the press conference. We got this movie trailer that they put out. We got Rollins tonight telling Cody he's going to be his shield in the battle against the bloodline, against Roman and Rock. Sounds like to me when Rollins is done rehabilitating, he's going to get that tag team match with Cody against Rock and Roman. When and where is that taking place? And if it does, does it make sense to do it? Are we getting that on night one? Are we getting Seth defending the WWE World Heavyweight title on night two, along with Cody getting his title opportunity against Roman on night two? Is WWE setting up a WrestleMania 30 moment where Cody and Rollins have to take down the bloodline in order for Cody to get a championship match because Rock is going to throw his weight around and abuse his power? We don't know where that's going because WWE on the back end is teasing a power struggle this WrestleMania season between Paul Levesque and Dwayne Johnson. Triple H, who's the head of creative, which we all know, And Dwayne Johnson, who basically took Vince McMahon's seat on the board, is the number two man in all of TKO. He's right under Ari Emanuel. Dwayne Johnson is Triple H's boss, per the latter of how things operate in TKO. What is WWE going to do here? I'm here for the ride. I'm here for the ride. I don't know why WWE is teasing so heavily all four of these men getting involved with each other. Rollins is already going to be defending the WWE World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania against Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, or just one of those men. Maybe somebody else completely coming out of the chamber. We don't know. He's going to be defending his title at WrestleMania already via the chamber. Why would he need to wrestle twice? Why would you want him to wrestle twice. If that tag team match takes place at WrestleMania like we've been given via the teases, who loses? Who takes the pinfall? Whether it happens at Mania or not, who takes the pinfall? It seems like it's very counterproductive. It would be in WWE's best interest to not do that match and just use Cody and Rollins teaming up in the aspect of Rollins being his backup if the bloodline interferes in the main event of WrestleMania. 
If WWE wants to have somebody wrestle twice at WrestleMania this year, it should be Cody. And that is against The Rock on night one and then Roman on night two. That's the only way somebody wrestling twice would work. And yeah, Rock is going to have to take a loss. Roman's going to take a loss. It's not about The Rock. It's not about Roman. It's not about the bloodline. It's about Cody. And Cody finishing his story and Cody taking everything from the bloodline. But again, I don't know where they go. I don't even think WWE knows where they want to go. I think right now it's still a work in progress. I think WWE right now is still in the process of constructing this bridge to WrestleMania. We'll figure that out after the chamber. Friday is going to be a very interesting SmackDown. Where we did not get answers here from Cody, we better get them from The Rock on Friday. Rock and Roman will be on Friday night SmackDown. It's going to be a must-see Friday night. No doubt about it. New Day, we're celebrating with Jay Uso. They got a win over Imperium, and Jackie Redmond said, or, or no, who was it? Kathy Kelly, I think it was. Kathy Kelly told Jay Uso that he will get an opportunity at the Intercontinental title next week against Gunther. Jay Uso was very happy. Liv Morgan. It was a video package with Liv Morgan talking about being on the run of a lifetime until Rhea Ripley injured her shoulder and took it all away from her. She said tonight is the first stop on the Liv Morgan revenge tour. Zoe Stark then predicted she will win the chamber and make history at WrestleMania. She bragged that she beat Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch. None of that matters. And that Liv Morgan is next. Nice little, nice little added addition into the show to give the match between Zoe Stark and Liv Morgan a little added, spice it up a little bit, a little added dose of pepper. Very predictable here. Liv Morgan wins. Zoe Stark was never going to the Elimination Chamber. Liv Morgan wins this qualifying match. We'll pick it up after the commercial break. Liv landed a code breaker. Zoe Stark caught a charging Liv Morgan a minute later to a... Kick right to the face. Liv avoided a top rope. Corkscrew dive by Zoe. And then she delivered Oblivion for the one, two, three. So now we got three of the six spots in the chamber filled. Becky, Bianca, and Liv. Now supposedly WWE uh, spoiled the elimination chamber for the women. They posted something on WWE.com that had the silhouettes of all the women Involved in the match. I don't know how legit that is. But if we are going off of the remaining women yet to be added. Naomi, Tiffany Stratton, and Jade Cargill. I don't know if that's legit or not. Or if WWE did that to throw the scent off of people predicting who will be in there. Why would Jade be in the Elimination Chamber? I don't know. Is she even with a brand? Tiffany Stratton should be there. Naomi should be there. Who's getting that sixth spot? I don't know. 
WWE did say that that remaining spot, that last spot, will go to the winner of a last chance battle royal. That's maybe where we will see Jade Cargill. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. No, Liv Morgan is not winning the Elimination Chamber. She's not. Sorry to break the Liv Morgan hearts or fans. Sorry to break the Liv Morgan stands hearts out there. Liv is not winning the Chamber. Not with Bianca and Becky in the same match. And if Jade is there, forget about it. First of all, why would Jade be in the Elimination Chamber? This is what we talked about with Gunther as well. Why would you want Jade in the Chamber knowing that she has to take a pinfall? Jade is not losing a match. So fucking stupid. Why would Jade be in the Chamber if you know she has to take a pinfall to lose? Unless she's winning it and we get Jade versus Rhea. So stupid. Backstage, Damian Priest, J.D. McFlurry, Finn Balor, and Dominic Mysterio were joined by R-Truth, who said they looked good together. McNugget yelled, enough! Enough. Priest said, listen, I'll handle it. He calmly told R-Truth that he's never been part of Judgment Day. He said everything that they've done, every beating, that you have taken has not been an initiation. Truth looked upset. Priest says, I know it's hard for you to comprehend things, but tonight, if you get involved with us again, the next time you see us, it will be an execution and not an initiation. He asked if you could get that through his skull. So they ended that R-Truth in Judgment Day fast. It's over. There's a reason why they did that. R-Truth approached Adam Pearce backstage and asked how long it takes to get a flight from Los Angeles to Lexington, Kentucky. R-Truth called The Miz. He was yelling with The Miz over the telephone. He needs to get here. Get on a plane now and get to Raw. The Judgment Day is going to execute me. That clearly wasn't happening. Pierce shoved through through the curtain. Told him to go out there and wrestle his match with J.D. McFish. This match went six minutes. And we got J.D. McDouble beating R-Truth tonight on Raw. Which was not a surprise. We go to a commercial break. Basically, two minutes into the match, we go to a commercial break. Truth, after the break, is doing John Cena's big comeback sequence. You can't see me. He set up for an AA, and then McDonough counters all that, applied a cradle for a two count. Truth set up for a scissor kick, but J.D. McDouble kicked his leg out and hit the devil inside, which was a backdrop driver. That is his finishing move. It's also a slipknot song title for the one, two, three. Now, After the match, Priest was in the corner, and everyone aside from Priest uh, tried to attack R-Truth after the match, but Truth fought them all off. Priest nailed him with a big boot, and Tommaso Ciampa 
Johnny, Garda uh, Johnny Gargano ran down with chairs and chased the Judgment Day off. Four-on-one beatdown of R-Truth and outcomes DIY. We didn't really get a lot of this match because most of it happened in the commercial break, but clearly the Judgment Day and DIY is not over yet. But next week, Monday Night Raw is going to be a big show next week. We got Drew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes. We got Jey Uso versus Gunther for the IC title. And we got a big eight-man tag. We got DIY, R-Truth, and The Miz against all four members of the Judgment Day. Big eight-man tag. Now, the reason why WWE kind of facilitated Damian Priest basically telling R-Truth that he's not in the Judgment Day is because I genuinely believe, and we saw DIY lose twice now to Judgment Day. Or actually, one time, and they tried another opportunity to get back at Judgment Day, but lost to Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate on Friday Night SmackDown. So, the way I see it going, is I feel like WWE is going to set up a tag team title match at WrestleMania between Damian Priest and Finn Balor defending those tag team titles against The Miz and R-Truth at WrestleMania 40. That in itself will be a WrestleMania moment because that place will come unglued when R-Truth wins a fucking title. That's where they're headed. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't. Now, what do we do with DIY and the rest of the tag team titles? The rest of the tag team division? I don't know. But I think right now, let's end that Judgment Day story. That will lead to them potentially kind of building tension between them and breaking them up. Who knows where we go from there? Damian Priest, for all we know, will drop the titles to R-Truth and The Miz and then cash in his briefcase that same weekend to become the world's heavyweight champion. But that's where I think they're going. It's going to be Miz and R-Truth getting the tag team title match at WrestleMania 40. Cody approached Sami Zayn backstage. Sami was taping up his hand, getting ready for his match against Shinsuke Nakamura. He thanked him for having his back last week. Cody says, it's the same from me to you. Sami says he appreciates it. Cody told Sami, everybody believes in you. I believe in you. And most importantly, the fans believe in you. Sammy hugged Cody and thanked him once again. It's exactly what Sami Zayn needed. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch made her ring entrance. This is where the show kind of fell off a cliff, for me anyway. Becky's always a buzzkill. Becky is always a buzzkill. I've praised Becky's work in the ring. I think Becky's done some of the best work of her career in the last 12 months in ring. But when Becky gets on the microphone, it seemingly just feels like a fucking buzzkill. Why do you want to listen to this woman speak? I don't get it. She's not a good promo. She's not. So Becky acknowledged a fan sign inviting her to prom in 2034. She said it's been unpredictable lately, and she loves it. She says she loves this business so much, and she's been obsessed since the first time she entered the ring to wrestle as a teenager. She said once she failed gym class and now has gone on to be the first woman to ever win a headline match at WrestleMania. She says it's how she met her husband, and now she has a daughter, she said that obsession has always 
also been the reason she's missed loved ones, birthdays and weddings, and her own father's funeral. She said her daughter is three years old, and she's already had had difficult conversations with her about her face being busted up and not being able to pick her up sometimes. She said she'll see her face smashed against the steel in the chamber, but she will also see the brutality that her mother is capable of. Not really uh, the visual that you would want a three-year-old to be looking at, but I'm not her parents. She said she's aiming to go face-to-face with one of the most dominant champions the company has ever seen. She said some fans like Mommy and don't think anyone can beat her. Fans chanted, Mommy. She said she isn't just anyone, and she has never faced someone like her. She said whether you love her or hate her, she wanted to take a moment to make a toast. And all of a sudden, she produced a a, a plastic cup of lemonade because Becky loves lemons. She took a sip of lemonade as a toast to the wild road that WrestleMania 40 will be. She asked the fans to join her on the road to WrestleMania. Nia Jax, her music hits, and she sauntered out to the ring with a microphone in hand. She told Becky that she knows that they've had differences in the past, but she has something to say to Becky right now. She asked permission to get in the ring with her. She was very nice, very respectful to Becky Lynch. Fans started chanting, you suck at Nia Jax. They aren't wrong. Jax's voice cracked as she talked about having so much respect for Becky Lynch. She said if her mom was half the mother she was, she'd be so lucky. She said one day she can only hope to be the mother that Becky Lynch is. Becky looked on very sus at Nia Jax. Jack says she knows Becky is going to win the chamber and nothing can stop her. Nia Jack's tone changed and she said, just like nothing is going to stop me from beating Rhea Ripley at the Elimination Chamber. And she said at WrestleMania, it will be me and you fighting for the World Heavyweight Championship. Rhea Ripley's music played. She wanted all business tonight. She marched and charged to the ring. Nia Jax went after her. Ripley took her down. Jax fired back with some headbutts. Becky watched from the corner, drinking her lemonade. Jax squashed Ripley into Becky. Becky's lemonade then spilled. Becky knocked Jax out of the ring with a top rope drop kick. Becky turned to Ripley and stared at her. And that was basically the way the segment came to a close. Rhea Ripley kicked Jax off the ring apron. She turned back to Becky with her theme music playing. WWE is really teasing that Becky and Rhea are going to be wrestling at WrestleMania. Is that going to be the match? I probably would say yes. I don't think anybody else is getting that title match at WrestleMania. That is legitimately right now the biggest match that they could do. And it's not Becky's title to win. It's not. I think Rhea holds the title. I think Rhea walks out of WrestleMania with the championship. And I think WWE starts to build Rhea versus Bianca for next year's WrestleMania. Only making a prediction. Nia and Rhea 
That match is taking place to the chamber, and Nia is not winning the title. She's not. It's not going to be a multi-woman effort either at WrestleMania. It's going to be Becky and Rhea one-on-one. That is the biggest match off of Monday Night Raw, and WWE has kept strategically these two women away from each other before the road to WrestleMania for a reason. This is the reason. That is the reason. It will not be Liv. It will not be Bianca. It will not be Jade. It will not be Tiffany Stratton. It will be Rhea and Becky. And if it's not, I will be shocked. Jackie Redmond interviewed Drew McIntyre backstage. DM Hunk. Drew says he's all, all he's ever wanted to give the fans is what they want. Drew said physically, he pushed Cody Rhodes into the right direction on the road to WrestleMania. He said Seth wanted Cody as his opponent, but that was selfish. Ask yourself who really is the bad guy here. He says he's the underdog and he had to beat AJ Styles, one of the best in the world, just to qualify for the chamber. He said he's doing things the right way. He's doing things the Drew McIntyre way. He implored Cody to get himself out of the match against him next week. He said he might not make it to WrestleMania just like his friend CM Punk. Drew should win the Elimination Chamber. Drew should wrestle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania for the World Heavyweight title. Drew should be crowned new World Heavyweight title champion at WrestleMania. That's who should walk out of WrestleMania with the title. Drew McIntyre. DM Hunk. R-Truth, he approached DIY backstage. He referred to them as D-Generation X. He thought Johnny Gargano was Shawn Michaels. He thought Tommaso Ciampa was Triple H. He then asked how Road Dogg was doing. After Truth left, Gargano said, well, I mean, he's got one thing right. I am a sexy boy. It's funny that R-Truth referred to them as DX. When Shawn Michaels and Triple H were running NXT Black and Gold, they basically were living vicariously through Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Basically, the Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa feud was modeled off of Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. So I find that correlation to be spot on by R-Truth. L.A. Knight, yeah, he went one-on-one against Ivar. This was a qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber. Again, just like the Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed match, I thought we were going to get an interference. L.A. Knight interfered in the Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles match on Friday Night SmackDown. L.A. Knight caused AJ Styles to lose his qualifying match, which... Gave McIntyre the win, and McIntyre advanced to the chamber. A lot of people thought that AJ Styles was going to show up tonight and cost LA Knight his qualifying match. We did not get that at all. So again, WWE went and wanted to bolster the Elimination Chamber, especially on the men's side. 
Ivar being in the chamber would have been pretty interesting. He would have had no chance of winning it, but it would have been pretty interesting. Building his singles run. Then that would have left AJ Styles versus LA Knight in a one-on-one match at the Elimination Chamber. That's where I thought WWE was going with this. But that wasn't to be. LA Knight gets the victory over Ivar. We go to commercial break basically 60 seconds into this thing. And after the commercial break was over, Ivar squashed LA Knight into the barricade. Ivar goes up top, back in the ring. LA Knight leapt to the top like he usually does. Hit a big superplex on Ivar. Very impressive. Ivar responded with a power slam for two, followed by a sit-out powerbomb for a two. Knight hit a big knee strike, big body slam. His elbow drop goes for a cover, gets a two. LA Knight, all of a sudden, was distracted by Valhalla, which allowed Ivar to hit a spinning kick on LA Knight. Ivar then went for the doom salt off the top rope. LA Knight rolled out of the way. Ivar hits the mat hard. LA Knight gets up, hits the BFT on Ivar. One, two, three. He gets the pinfall and then blows a kiss goodbye to Valhalla. LA Knight's going to the Elimination Chamber. I would be okay if WWE did not want to do Drew McIntyre getting his championship match. Again, you got to understand and follow the news. McIntyre right now is in a contract year. I know McIntyre is doing the best work of his WWE run right now. I know McIntyre is the fan favorite to walk out of WrestleMania as the World's Heavyweight Champion. I get it. I'd love to see it. I think you reward hard work. If McIntyre did not re-up with the WWE, if McIntyre did not sign a contract with the WWE for an extension, he's probably going to get Sami Zayn at WrestleMania in some sort of stipulation match. Sami's got to overcome that, and then after he clears McIntyre, he can have the road ahead clear to go chase down his first championship gold. I would be okay if L.A. Knight won the Elimination Chamber and got the match with Seth Rollins. I would be fine with that. Crowning L.A. Knight the new World Heavyweight Champion? I know L.A. Knight and Logan Paul, a lot of fans are like me. I said this, L.A. Knight versus Logan Paul might be your United States Championship match. That might be the L.A. Knight match we get at WrestleMania. Maybe we get Kevin Owens in that spot. WWE does have options there. And they're both going to be in the chamber as well. Logan Paul, Kevin Owens, United States Championship match. We get a rematch from the Royal Rumble. LA Knight gets the World Heavyweight title match against Seth Rollins. Drew McIntyre gets Sami Zayn in a stipulation match where Sami's got to overcome that big roadblock named Drew McIntyre in light of getting a championship opportunity somewhere down the line. WWE's got options. I'd love to see it. Again, LA Knight needs to be considered a dark horse. But keep in mind, unless we hear that Drew signed the contract, he might have already signed. We don't know. But right now, all we know is that McIntyre's in a contract here. Is WWE going to give Drew McIntyre a World Heavyweight title knowing that he didn't sign a new contract yet? 
And I know WWE wants to keep him. I don't think he should go to AEW. I don't. I might have thought differently last year. Now, I don't think that's the right place for him. I don't think he tests free agency. I don't think it would be right for him. I think he stays right here. But we'll see. Sami Zayn walked through the back. He bumped into Drew McIntyre. McIntyre warned Zayn, keep my name out of your mouth and your nose out of, your, out of my business. Sami Zayn responded, you're in my way. That's exactly the words he used. You're in my way. Those words have a lot more meaning than move out of my way. I got to get to the ring. You are in my way. Sami Zayn is going to need to go through Drew McIntyre to get what he ultimately wants, whether that's a one-on-one match at WrestleMania or Sami Zayn gets involved and added to the world title picture going into WrestleMania. Monday Night Raw next week is looking like a big, big show. Cody Rhodes versus Drew McIntyre. Gunther versus Jey Uso for the IC title. Last chance battle roll to qualify for the women's chamber. DIY R-Truth in the Miz versus Judgment Day. Big, big show. Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell met with Adam Pearce. They were interrupted by Chelsea Green, who wants in the chamber. Chelsea Green did not even get a qualifying match for the chamber. Why would she be in the last chance battle royal for the chamber? Hartwell complained she wants in so she can compete in front of her family in her home country of Australia. Chelsea Green wants a singles match to qualify and not a loser's battle royal. Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark then walk in, and they want the Kabuki Warriors. Baszler look forward to tearing Chelsea Green apart next week. I don't care. Main event. Rematch from NXT TakeOver Dallas. WrestleMania 32 weekend. Shinsuke Nakamura's debut in WWE, which was one of the greatest WWE matches of all time. One of the greatest NXT classics during the black and gold era you will ever see. They went to commercial break literally two minutes into the match. Zane chucked Nakamura out of the ring. Zane went on offense after the break, but Nakamura took control with some strikes. Zane came back, counted a reverse exploder, hit a Michinoku driver for two. Zane hits a flip dive, and they go to another commercial break. So less than 10 minutes into the match, we got two commercial breaks. Come back from break. Nakamura's in control. The crowd is into it. They both exchange strikes, and the crowd is booing and yang, both Nakamura and Zane. Nakamura blocked Zane's blue thunderbomb for a second time, hit an Inzuguri. Zane ducked a Kinshasa and finally hit the blue thunderbomb on the second attempt for a two count. Nakamura went outside and he tried to avoid a haluva kick. Zane went for his dive through the ropes. Old school movie used to do back in NXT. 
He went for his dive through the ropes, tornado DDT that he usually does, but Nakamura saw it coming and kicked him in the face. I loved that throwback to the old Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn hasn't done that in a while. So they threw that back. Nakamura knew it was coming. He recognized it and kicked him in the face. Nakamura then hits a stomp off the ropes for two, followed by a knee off the ropes for two. Zayn is firing back, big clothesline. He smacked Nakamura repeatedly, hits an explorer in the corner, which set up another haluva kick, but decided to turn his back when Drew McIntyre ran down and stood in the aisleway. Sami Zayn fell to dumb babyface syndrome. Nakamura kicks Zayn in the back of the head for the Kinshasa for the one Two, three, after the interference or the distraction from Drew McIntyre. McIntyre and Nakamura attack Zane. Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, came out to make the save. Rhodes gave McIntyre a Cody cutter. He laid out Nakamura with a crossroads. And that was the way Monday Night Raw went off the air. Cody is telling McIntyre to get in the ring as that's going to be the main event match next week on Raw. Boy, they're really telling this story. First of all, Nakamura hasn't won a match since November of last year. Nakamura got a win, finally, over Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, they got Sami telling this come-from-behind underdog story. He's losing every match. I don't know how they're going to integrate Sami Zayn into WrestleMania. He's going to have to start winning a match. Seriously. He's going to have to win something. Who is he going to be at WrestleMania against? Where is he going to fit? Is it going to be the world title? Is it going to be the IC title? I don't know. I'm giving the Sami Zayn story a chance. That's where they're going with this. Sami, apparently, you know, he is finding it very difficult to find who he is on Monday Night Raw on this road, this WrestleMania 40 road. Last year, it was easy. He knew his direction. He had to get revenge on the bloodline. They wanted to win those tag team titles, him and, him and Kevin Owens against the Usos. This year, it's a lot less clear and a lot more treacherous for him because he's by himself. He doesn't have his friend. He's got his backup in Cody, but outside that, there's nothing going on for Sammy. I thought Monday Night Raw was a decent show as far as an in-ring aspect. A couple of predictable chamber qualifying matches. We got a very good main event with Sami Zayn and Nakamura. We got a very good open with the Imperium and New Day J Uso six-man tag. And we got a great promo from Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. The only thing that was really missing for me that was a big glaring issue was the fact that Cody Rhodes did not explain why he gave his title shot against Roman to The Rock. We needed that. And we didn't get that. I'm not going to make a big deal of it from this point on. But if The Rock wants to embellish and give us a fucking reason, I'll take anything at this point. Or maybe WWE just wants you to forget that that SmackDown, that Friday night, never happened. Which, I'm not the casual fan who's like, oh my God, Rock, he's back. We're getting Cody and Roman. No, I need some explanations, man. I'm not some fucking dumb Cody crybaby. Story. 
Thank you guys very much for all of your support, man. I really, really appreciate you hanging out with me on this Monday night. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit. First, I want to make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are dangerously close to 156,000 subscribers. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We need 60 likes for 1,000. And go check out all the other content on the channel. There is plenty of it. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. All you need to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, and Blue Chew will be on me for free. I always preach about long-term booking, man. I do. When long-term booking is involved, things just feel a lot better. Blue Chew is your prescription. It's a long-term book. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable tablets, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. You guys can take them anytime. Day, night, whenever the opportunity arises, and the process is very simple. You're going to sign up at BlueChew.com. You're going to consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. No questions asked. So you're not going to get any awkward conversations, no doctor's office visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, which I know is just hell on earth. And Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped directly to you in a very discreet package. So if you guys want that extra confidence when it's time to step up to the plate and perform, why not give Blue Chew a try? BlueChew.com. Code JD, get your free sample on me today, and all you got to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Who is number one in the venue tonight, man? Michael Krause, as always. Michael, what's up, brother? $2 super chat. Good Monday, JD. Hope you had a great weekend, bro. My weekend was okay, Michael. Okay. Wednesday Adams, thank you again for the $500 bomb. Wednesday Adams, enjoy your trip to Dubai. I got a seat reserved, VIP, for you and the husband when you guys get back. Michelle Moran with a $5 Super Jet. Seth and Cody were on fire tonight. Could we see a faction of Roman, Rock, Jimmy, Solo versus Cody, Seth, Randy, and Jay? Then after War Games, Rock turns on Roman. Could be. Could be. 
Jamel Turney with a 199. What's your favorite Randy Orton match? Uh, I I got to think about that one, uh, Jamel. I don't really uh, have one that's jumping off the page. His match with Mick Foley was fantastic. Undertaker was fantastic. I'm more of a legend killer Randy Orton guy. The matches he had with Christian Cage were fucking phenomenal. Can't pick just one, man. Lord J with a $2 super chat. He leaves me some yawning and sleeping emojis. I guess he didn't like Raw. We got Ted Turner in the chat. $2 super chat from Ted Turner. Enjoy prison, Vince. Don't drop the soap. Hashtag WCW for life. Thanks, Ted. Tony Brown with a 499. My IWC head of the table, JD. Tony Brown, we love you, brother. Thank you for being here, man. The Notorious People's Bean with a one month. Thank you, JD, for making Mondays great for me. Bean. Thank you for being here and making the venue great on Monday night, bro. Skinner. Five months in the venue of JD. What's up, bro? A couple more weeks till I can chat again. I miss my OTS fam. Decent show tonight. By the way, but boring at times. Skinner, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry you got to go through that, man. You know, uh, a lot of people don't understand why I have four weeks for you guys to chat in the in the live streams, man. It, 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 it deters the trolls. If I let anybody and anybody come on in here, man, it's going to be fucking hell on earth. And I don't really want that for me or the mods. Andy Suppers with three months. Hi, JD. Thank you for being you, Andy. You're welcome. Ted Turner again with a $2 Super Chat. Looks like I got the last laugh, Vince. I didn't know Ted was a fan of the show. Tribal Chief with a $2 Super Chat. Raw sucked. Just came to see the GOAT. OTS family. Thank you, Tribal Chief. Justin with an 18 months, 18 months and so close to that prestigious golden microphone. I enjoyed how they took shots at The Rock and Roman via Moana and The Shield. Thank you, Justin. Phil with a 999. I may be in the minority, but I want Sami Zayn to be the intercontinental champion by WrestleMania. I believe he and Gunther for the IC title will be a perfect match for WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably on the table, but I have no idea where they're going with Sami Zayn. Ted Turner with another $2 Super Jet. Vince, enjoy getting pounded from behind, old man. Well, he's not in jail yet, Ted. Let, let, let's go to trial first, and then... We can worry about Vince behind bars. 
And even at that point, it's none of my business because I don't want to talk about men being pounded in any which way. Pause. Evan Allen with an I-99. Hey, J.D., it's Evan from NY. What the fuck were you drinking last night? That was called a New York Sour, Evan. Ted Turner with a $2 Super Chat. Vince, Linda's head game is weak. I've had better, says Ted Turner. Uh, Again, Ted, I don't want to know about Linda McMahon giving a blowjob, okay? Stop. You know, you, you know, you would think Ted Turner's a billionaire, right? He's uh, he's worth more than a two dollar super chat, right? Andy Suppers with a two dollar super chat. Why are WWE pushing this tag team match all of a sudden? Because they want to throw you off, or maybe WWE doesn't have any plans at all. I have no fucking idea. Bradley Robinette with a one ninety nine. Do you like Nightwish? No. Not my cup of coffee. Alex, thank you for the 100, brother. Really appreciate you stopping by. And appreciate your generosity, man. Maddie C. With a 9.99. I have nothing crazy to say. I just love this show and what you do. Well, Maddie, I love that you are here. Thank you. Jim L. Turney with a 499. Imagine being the retard who thought the crowd was booing the rock from Maui. Some people need to put the phone down and use their brain. Man, that uh, I don't know who that conspiracy theorist reporter was, but clearly he's never watched pro wrestling. The rock is doing bad guy things for a storyline where he's involved with a good guy. It's pro wrestling one-on-one, man. They weren't chanting Maui. They were chanting, we want Cody. Fucking idiot. Rich Mulatto. Well, they won 99. Fans wait for talent at their hotels after shows. I'm not one of them. That's creepy, stalker-like behavior. Rich, please don't be one of them. Jason Barker, what's up, brother? $10 Super Chat. Sean Ross Sapp is live on Fightful Wrestling's YouTube, and you have three times more viewers than he does. I'm not surprised. Most of the Fightful staff is comprised of uncharismatic, unenthusiastic, boring, bland, vanilla personalities. That's why they have three times less viewership than we do. Hope that helps. Plus, they paint everything in a positive life with a uh, positive light with no real criticism of the show. And people see right through that. Uh, Sidro with a five dollar super chat. Uh, what's the difference between Al Snow and the Hundred Years War? The Hundred Years' War was eventually over. Uh, Sidro. Al Snow was very much over, man. 
Al Snow had head. I'm not talking about Linda. I'm legitimately talking about Al Snow having head. He was very over. Sidro, with 17 months. 17 months, my tribal chief. Always love your work. Best to ever do it. Making me blush over here, man. Been busy with 50-hour work weeks at work. This week, I got a break and able to catch you. Well, I'm happy to have you here, brother. And then another five-hour super chat. Originally, they were going to call Hunter Hearst Helmsley Killer Kevin Kilmsley. Or Vince thought the name Triple K would break kayfabe. That would be awful. That would have been a career killer. Kelly Thompson with a $5 super chat. Thank you, Kelly. Rock inserts himself into the chamber. Enters last pinch. Drew with the bloodline help. Drew Priest, Sammy, triple threat. At WrestleMania for, for the money in the bank. Seth versus Rock, night one. No. No, no. You guys are going way above and beyond to book. Crazy illogical, man. Say Ja. 499. Just what? If WWE's priority is Roman breaking Hogan's record and Rock stepped up to take the L instead of Cody. If so, we push Cody into another L. We should not be talking about Roman breaking anybody's record. Roman's run ends at WrestleMania, and that's it. No questions asked. Chris McCorkle with a $20 super chat. J.D., I swear, WWE could learn how to book if they listen to you. You know, it's one of the things that I pride myself on, Chris. I hope a lot of you guys learn a lot from what I say on this show and any other show that I do. Seth had a killer promo tonight. Cody can't explain because they have no explanation without The Rock looking like a prick. Just like he did with Black Adam and Warner Brothers. Still, we need an explanation. And the reason why we're not going to get an explanation is because The Rock, it would, it, it, it would, again, hurt his fragile ego. So they're going to sweep it under the rug and pretend like the show never happened. Not how I work. Nate. Nate the Swifty TV. He's not the Spider Hunter anymore. Now he's a Taylor Swift fan. A Super Bowl bet that I lost made me change my name. Whatever, I'm still the John Wick of Spider Hunters, J.D. Imagine Eva Marie on a talent show wrestling. No. I don't want to imagine Eva Marie anywhere. Jason Barker with a $2 Super Jet. Anyone else dropping followers on X? I don't know, man. I haven't looked. Joseph King with a $5 Super Chat. How would you grade Switchblade Jay White as an overall professional wrestler in your expert opinion? Love you, JD, the real OTS tribal chief. Jay White is one of the world's best in this sport. Now, his creative, that's a different story. Maddie, 499. Hope you're doing well, JD. I don't have much to say. Other than The Rock has never pissed me off so much before. 
Well, Maddie, uh, if The Rock is pissing you off, The Rock is doing his job. The Rock is being Hollywood Rock. The Rock is being a prick. The Rock is being a heel. And that is the vibe that he wants to create going into WrestleMania. So he's doing his job. As long as the job is done and Cody wins the title, then we can sit here and celebrate. Yuri. $5 Super Chat. My birthday is next Monday, JD. Can I get a shout out for the OTS family? Happy birthday or happy early birthday, Yuri. I mean, I'm sure you'll be here next week. We'll wish you happy birthday then too. Hey, Alexis, with a $5 Super Chat. WWE blatantly wants us to forget that Cody surrendered his shot on SmackDown. Also, my favorite Testament album is Low. What do you think about it? Uh, I think Low is a great album. My favorite song off the album is Dog Face Gods. Uh, my favorite Testament album is First Strike Still Deadly and The Gathering. Thank you, A. Alexis. Michael with a $2 Super Chat. I seen on your ex your drink over the weekend. Hashtag pivot. Ferrari Frank with a $9.99. What's up, JD? HBK is the GOAT. But I wanted to see where you rank Edge, bro. He's in my top five. Keep killing it, bro. Hope that you had a fucking awesome birthday. Thank you, Ferrari Frank. Edge is definitely in my top, I would say. I would put him in the top 15, maybe. For sure. And uh, we got two more. We got Frank, uh, Ferrari Frank with another $5 Super Jam. Match idea. Roman and Rock versus Cody and Seth. Winners take both belts. Boom. I think that's an awful idea. Jason Leslie with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, I love your podcast. Here's a little bit to support you. Jason, thank you so much, brother. Guys, we killed it tonight, man. 1,000 likes achieved. 3,000 live achieved. Number one in the venue achieved. Or number one in the community, I should say, achieved. You guys are awesome, man. Appreciate you. I am about to get out of here, man. We got 10 inches of snow hitting New York tomorrow. I'll be making content and shoveling snow all day tomorrow. Hopefully you guys join us live tomorrow night. TNT with my guy, Andrew Badala. The best wrestling discussion in the IWC. No doubt about it. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Go check out all the other content on the channel. And go get your free samples of Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Guys, I will see you tomorrow. More content in the sub boxes and then live with Mr. Bay Dalla tomorrow night. TNT right here on Off the Scripts. I'll see you guys later.